This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by Privacy.com. It's like a burner phone for your credit cards. Go to Privacy.com slash GOG and get a $5 credit free for just signing up. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Let's get right into it today. All right. So remember when I first did my iOS 13 update and I said to you, is your battery draining really fast? And you looked at me like, well, sucks to be you. Ain't happening to me. Yep. Yeah. Well, apparently it was a real thing. They fixed it. iOS uh, 13.1.1 update uh, tackled a number of glaring problems, including a battery drain issue plaguing users across the board. So... That's fixed. All right. And also old news already because iOS 13.1.2 came out the next day with even yes. more. <laughs> so this was over at BGR.com. And uh, I, I just want to read the first sentence here. Mm-hmm. We probably should be surprised anymore at this point since Apple apparently releases new software updates every single day. Dear Zach Epstein, it's called fucking proofreading. Well, Clippy isn't going to get that because it's not a misspelling. The misspelling ones are the ones that always have me shaking my head. This is just a... Uh, Somebody being super lazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just lazy proofreading. Anyway, yes. now, Brian, I, mm. I woke up this morning and I saw this one and I just had to, <laughs> I had to chuckle because we've always talked about the, the scientific research about eggs on this show. Mm-hmm. Turns out meat. It's the new eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad for you. It's good for you. It's bad for you. <laughs> Yeah, this is over at the New York Times. Eat less red meat, scientists said. Now some believe that was bad advice. They say the evidence is too weak to justify telling individuals to eat less beef and pork, according to new research. The findings erode public trust, other critics say. So the scientists, there are scientists who say, yeah, yeah, we told you to eat less red meat. And it turns out the the news on that was just a little it, it might might have been overblown. Right. I'm OK with uh, new findings eroding public trust as long as they're accurate. I just want. I want I want facts. That's it. Yeah, well, you know, one person's fact is another person's fiction, <laughs> turns out. Yes. All right. So, yeah, I, I love that uh, the the scientists are saying that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't jump to conclusions yet because it might erode public trust. Well, you know. That ship has sailed. I think public trust has long been eroded. Yes. yes it's called eggs. Mm-hmm. The SS Eggamuffin is <laughs> has long since sailed. Well, I'm still just going to have a big old bowl of meat and eggs in the morning and say to hell with it. Well, Brian, Casey Newton's at it again. Okay. Casey Newton, as you'll remember, is the guy that broke the story on the Facebook contractors who had to look at horrible things all day long. Yes. Yes. Well, his new post is called All Hands on Deck over at Vox slash The Verge slash Recode. (laughs) And uh, this goes through uh, two hours of leaked audio. Mm-hmm. from a Q&A that Mark Zuckerberg did to the employees. I guess their phones were listening to them. Somebody was listening. That's for <laughs> damn sure. I'm sure there's a witch hunt going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was interesting. Did you get a chance to listen to any of this? I know it came out pretty early this morning. Uh, I didn't listen to it, but I did scan through the article. Okay. Uh, he sounded pretty calm, and, you know, the things that he said As a billionaire should. That's true. That's true. I got 99 problems and three billion or 300 billion dollars ain't one of them. Exactly. So, uh, but, uh, you know, he talked about just some of the, the existential threats 
against Facebook. <laughs> that w- the main one being Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. So now it, the thing that gets me here is okay. He knows that if Elizabeth Warren becomes president, that they're probably going to have to go to you know legal war with the government. Yes. What's to stop him from swaying the election away from Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> but nothing, because remember, as we talked about in the last episode, they threw their hands up in the air and said to hell with it. We're not going to try to do anything anymore. Yeah, I'd be a little worried if I was uh, Ms. Warren right now. You, <laughs> you're kind of you're poking the pig there. So I guess it would be more, more like a bear. But Yeah, I was about to say that. Is this a new saying I'm unaware of? Yeah, Lipstick thinking- on a bear. And pig in a poke, uh, pigs in a blanket. No, that's right. not right either. No, poke the bear. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's an interesting thing to go listen to. There's just a few of them on there. And then there's a link at the bottom that says, read the full transcript of Mark Zuckerberg's leaked internal Facebook meetings. And the subtitle of this article is highlights from the two hours of leaked <laughs> audio from recent Q&A sessions with Facebook CEO. Uh, I'm sorry, clickbaity headline. That is not the full transcript. Yeah. <laughs> I think we we basically just should start making all of our shows uh, completely false and misleading headlines. Yeah. I, we can well, just do all of our episodes based on that. We can do that. That would save us a lot of work. That's for sure. It would. <laughs> uh, Kickstarter is back in the news because yes. uh, we talked uh, previously about how they fired a few people who were trying to organize a labor union. Yep. Well, they've kind of thrown their hands up in the air and as well and said, go screw yourself. Go die in a fire. Yeah, yeah. Let's let let's go Kickstarter you a fire that you can go die in. <laughs> it'll it'll arrive three months late, but it'll still be there. Uh, yeah, they're basically just saying no, drop dead. Yeah, We're not going to let you do it. That's what a lot of these companies are doing, and uh, gee, I wonder why. Exactly, and you've got one too. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh boy, I actually originally had this in Moron of the Week, but then I saw that you had the Kickstarter uh, union story, so I moved it up. Uh, yeah, Tesla is also attempting to stop uh, people from unionizing, and a California judge has ruled on Friday that Elon Musk himself and other company executives have been illegally sabotaging employee efforts to form a union. Uh, the administrative judge pointed to 12 company actions that violated U.S. labor laws, which includes letting security guards harass workers who are passing out union pamphlets in the parking lot, banning employees from wearing pro-union t-shirts and buttons and repeatedly interrogating union organizers, eventually firing one of them. And of course, there's Musk, who just, uh, much like our president, can't stop tweeting. Uh, the uh, judge somebody said take it anti- away from him. Take it away from him already. <laughs> Rule number one when I was working with bands is I took away their phones. You do not yeah. get to tweet yourself. Uh, the judge said several anti-union messages he posted on Twitter in May 2018 were illegal, such as this one. He tweeted, nothing stopping Tesla team at our car plant from voting union could do so tomorrow if they wanted but why pay union dues and give union dues and give up stock stock options for nothing our safety record is two times better than when the plant was uaw and everybody already gets health care also uaw did not offer job security in last recession dropped fremont like a hot potato to protect their core base in detroit uaw chose to exit this plant before tesla even arrived we had nothing to do with them leaving but everything to do with why people here have jobs And uh, as they point out, Musk's tweet can only be read by reasonable employee to indicate that if the employees vote to unionize, they would give up stock stock options. Musk threatened to take away a benefit enjoyed by the employees consequently for voting to unionize, wrote the judge. Well done. Yep. Sorry, buddy. You're screwed. You don't get a union and you don't get a union and you don't get a union. Nobody gets a union. (laughs) So, uh, you know who might be unionizing? Uh, Pedophiles. 
this is really, really scary news. There's a couple articles over at the New York Times, and we'll go with uh, we'll go with number one because it's a summarization of number two. Alrighty. An explosion in online child sex abuse. What you need to know. <laughs> Great. Tech companies are reporting a boom in online photos and videos of children being sexually abused. A record 45 million illegal images were flagged last year, exposing a system at a breaking point and unable to keep up with the perpetrators. So this is uh, it's getting out of hand and technology is to blame. Surprisingly. Once again, you know, the thing I don't understand is I could fire up my 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 BitTorrent clients and go to Sweden and somehow or other my my uh, my provider's realize that's happening and are able to throttle my my bandwidth but we can't we can't catch these guys well uh sorry uh <laughs> cryptography is a big problem right using uh secure apps is a big problem oh yes kitty porn on the blockchain there you go mm-hmm. um so the biggest problem is there's not enough law enforcement to go after these guys because there's so goddamn many of them yes we need the internet police again yeah and apparently the bulk of the reports last year came from facebook messenger oof yeah interesting Mm. interesting so it's a it's a massive problem and it's just getting worse and where are all these assholes coming from i don't know woodwork you know is i guess it's a much bigger problem than we were led to believe and the internet certainly doesn't help does it no no it it just uh it exacerbates the problem but you know everybody's looking at this as a technology problem this is a human problem this is a people problem Yeah. yeah these people these people need help yeah, they need help, and a lot of them are getting uh, help by life in prison. Mm-hmm. That'll work. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just don't know what the hell's going on, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're trying. They're tr- they're trying their darndest. But uh, and I love this one. Uh, last year, tech companies reported over forty five million photos of you know kids being abused, um, double what they found the previous year. And Haney Farid, who worked with Microsoft to develop technology in two thousand nine for detecting child sexual abuse material, said tech companies had been reluctant for years to dig too deeply. And he quotes, The companies knew the house was full of roaches and they were scared to turn the lights on. And then when they did turn the lights on, it was worse than they thought. <sighs> Lovely. Yep. Yep. Stick your head in your it's you can stick your head in the sand for only so long. <laughs> That's true. And speaking of how technology is undermining everything. This was uh, from the Washington Times. Hat tip to a friend of the show, Jeff Donaldson, for this one. It's called iCoyote, How Snapchat Broke the U.S. Border. Right. Yeah. So uh, people who are, you know, gig economy workers have mm-hmm. found another way to make some money. Right. And that is using WhatsApp and Snapchat and other services to basically get notifications when somebody is coming across the border and they need a, a ride. And these right. guys can make a pretty decent chunk of change smuggling in illegals. Ooh, border. Yeah, yeah. And they've got a like a whole network of people who are spotters who will tell people which routes to take because they'll be able to know which checkpoints are, you know, powered down for the day and, you know, how right. to avoid border patrol and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. That's amazing. Uh, not surprising. Yeah. And it's interesting that they just mentioned Snapchat and WhatsApp in here, but... You know that, like, why why isn't this on Signal? You know, exactly. why isn't or this Telegram. on Telegram? Yeah, and yeah. maybe it is. They just can't see it because it is all end to end encrypted. But uh, yeah, Rosabella Martinez, arrested in May at a Border Patrol highway checkpoint in Texas, said she was recruited to drive through the WhatsApp chat group Sexy Time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, she's having her own sexy time. Orange is the new black for her. All right. And uh, yeah, this is apparently a problem. 
And I don't know what they're going to do about this one. So <laughs> maybe switch to Facebook Messenger. Maybe. And I found a really interesting article over on Engadget called Even the Tech Expert from Mr. Robot Can't Figure Out This iPhone Hack. So uh, Mark Rogers is the tech expert for the show Mr. Robot, and his kid um, has an iPhone. And you'd think, since he's the technical advisor for realistic hacks, sort of, on Mr. Robot, and he uh, managed your gadgets, you'd feel okay. And he did everything. Like, he does way more tech stuff and tech-savvy stuff and security stuff than I think you or I would ever think to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, But uh, his kid's phone was still stolen. uh, It was up to date, had a strong password, face ID was enabled, activation lock was turned on, and as soon as the phone was found to be missing, it was switched to lost mode and a wipe command was sent to it, which is exactly what you, I guess, would do, which I didn't even know there was a wipe command that I could send to my phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. have to look into that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So it was a loss, to be sure, except that uh, lost mode activation and wipe command didn't go through. Hmm. So these guys are getting smart enough that they basically have Faraday bags that they shove the phones in immediately. They power it down and put it in the bag. And I, what I thought was really is interesting is you can just use an empty potato chip bag. Yeah, which is That'll great work. for you know urban <laughs> camouflage. You just got a Lay's bag and you just drop it in the Lay's bag, pass it off to your, your handoff yep. and go about your day. Yep. So uh, yeah, that stops activation lock, find my iPhone and remote wipe. So they basically just throw it in the bag and take off and they can boot it back up inside the system and uh, basically check and see if they can hack into it if it's not up to date or if there's a software vulnerability. If it is, uh, they can take it apart and sell it for parts. And it's pretty crazy. And then the step beyond that that happened that really took them aback is they got into some serious uh, attempts at phishing and with this uh, with the kid, basically sending all these false links to try to get the Apple ID and password and all that sort of stuff. So pretty crazy. These guys are these guys aren't just swiping phones and like putting them on the chopping block anymore. This is a there, there's a whole new thing going on these days. Right, because they shouldn't have been able to get anything off the phone, even if they yep. you know went took it back to their apartment, which they you know had lined with tinfoil or however they make their own little Faraday cages in like you know a safe room where they can yep. work on these things. They got into it and found his Apple ID, at least, and were able to start, you know, going after him. It's really strange. So I'm with him. This is a head scratcher on how they did it. Yep. Pretty crazy. Yep. Um, Do you ever hear of Ubiome? I believe we mentioned it in passing once or twice on the show. Yeah, I've it's had the poop a, one, right? It's the poop one. Yeah, I've had okay. a kit that uh, I got sent in one of when Tim Ferriss used to do his little boxes every month. Or every mm-hmm. other month, I, he sent me a Ubiome kit and one of them, and it sat on my shelf forever because I just didn't have the time to go through the rigmarole of... Because it's not just spitting a tube, and I don't think it's as far as shitting in a tube, but you got to <laughs> do some extra stuff to get your uh, your gut bacteria. Because I think it came with, you know, you couldn't eat for like 18 hours or something like that. And I'm like, right, ain't, right. ain't nobody got time for that. So, <laughs> well, they're gone. They're dead. Dead in the water. Yep. Flush down the toilet. Yeah, this is crazy. Silicon Valley microbiome testing startup Ubiome filed for bankruptcy earlier this month after months of challenges and setbacks. Now a Ubiome spokesperson confirmed that Ubiome no longer has the lab certification required to run clinical (laughs) tests, which I'm pretty sure is their entire business model. Yeah, yeah, unless they want to go rogue. Ubiome once convinced Silicon Valley that testing poop was worth $600 million. But insiders previously told Business Insider they questioned the validity of the science behind its (laughs) products. Okay. Yep. Here we go. This is, uh, what's her name from uh, the the other one? Um, Elizabeth Holmes. uh, This is Elizabeth Holmes 2.0. Yep. Except less money, but still 
pretty crazy. Yeah, it's still it's still pretty shitty. <laughs> and I just love this story. Drivers in Auburn Hills, Michigan, got a bit of a surprise last Saturday night when an electronic billboard started playing porn. Love it. <laughs> the billboard, located alongside the I-75 North between University Drive and Highway M59 in Auburn Hills, began playing the X-rated movie not long after midnight. It was shut down after 20 minutes when police made contact with the sign's owner, Triple Communications. Unlike previous billboard shockers, this was definitely not a paid-for stunt. They've released a photograph and video of the two men suspected of breaking into the billboard's control room and hacking its computer. If found, the pair could face a potential penalty of 90 days in jail and or a $500 fine for promoting pornography. Yeah. I did not know that was a that was a finable offense. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can actually get fined even if you're playing it in your car, like on those seatback entertainment systems. Which surprisingly <sighs> a lot of people do, that? do. People do that. People are weird. People are friggin' weird. I've Leave seen it at it. home, people. I've seen it here in LA. It's crazy. <sighs> when you're driving at night and you see some people getting it out of the back of a truck and it's like, what the, what are you doing? Either you're the worst parents ever or you're I wouldn't want to be playing porn for people in the back seat. You got to clean that mess up. Come on. It's gross. Well, self-driving cars going to be the most disgusting places in the world, <laughs> as we've talked about. Shudder. This episode is sponsored by Privacy. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private, while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. We all buy stuff online more and more, and Privacy gives you a temporary credit card number for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. That alone is worth the price of admission. I don't know about you, but I've got a kid, and I'm signing up for things all the time that are all subscription-based models, and it's wonderful not to have to keep track of them. If I don't want to do it anymore, eh, it's just done. And oh yeah, the price of admission is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do, with the interchange fees paid by merchants. You know how skeptical we are of free services here on Grumpy Old Geeks, and these guys actually have a business model to back it up, which gives them the Grumpy Old Geeks seal of approval. I've actually reviewed this product when they first launched, and we're not just pimping the product because they paid us. I'm an actual customer, Jason's an actual customer, and we both love what they're doing. If you're using a password manager, and why don't if you listen to the show, you should use this. You don't use the same password everywhere. Why use the same credit card number? Seriously, it's a no-brainer, and it took me forever to come around to the password managers, and I waited way too long on this, too. This is awesome. Cards are locked to a merchant, so you don't have to worry about changing your card anywhere if it gets hacked. Sign-up will take less than two minutes, and like I said, it is completely free. So far, they've saved their customers over $115 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges. Look, it's controlled. You can freeze cards and set spending limits. It's secure. Cards locked to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. It's private. You protect yourself from online fraud with virtual credit card numbers. And it's disposable. You can delete cards anytime and kiss forgotten subscriptions goodbye. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Privacy.com slash GOG. This one is seriously a no-brainer. Get on it. Privacy.com slash GOG. Media candy. Oh, that's me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was waiting for you to start. <laughs> YouTube TV is now available on Fire TV devices. Apparently, Google and Amazon are starting to do the makey up. They've kissed and made up, which is great. Now I can uh, pull up YouTube TV on my Fire device in my bedroom and uh, scare the crap out of my kids because YouTube doesn't police anything. 
So. Right. And this is YouTube or yeah, YouTube TV, which is so you can watch TV. Oh, over. right, right, right. If you have a Fire TV device, do you need YouTube TV? Kind of. If you if you don't have cable, if you don't have cable, I mean, I guess, and you want to just watch right. TV. Now, I tested YouTube TV when it first came out when I lived in Chicago, and it was god awful. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if it's gotten any better. Um, you do you can't run it on a first gen Fire TV device, stick or right. TV, but uh, you know, as as fast as they rev these, uh, that could be like two months old. Who knows? But anyway. Yep. I'm glad to see that they're finally making up because it's just bad for consumers when these companies fight. Yes. Yeah. You all got to get along paying for too many damn things. Uh, and a Stranger Things 4 teaser trailer has dropped. We're not in Kansas anymore. I'm sorry. We're not in Hawkins anymore yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, I'm hoping this is the last season. I think it's I think it's time to wrap it up, but I will watch it. Of course. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I, I'm fine yeah. as long as I see. I don't I'm cool with them keeping going as long as season four is OK. <laughs> But <laughs> right, you know, I'm enjoying it. So keep going, keep going. All right, and uh, the Good Place is back. And this is the final season for the Good Place, and I watched the first episode already. Great writing, hilarious, hasn't missed a beat. Awesome. Pretty much the same. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, speaking of things that are not good stuff, though, Mr. Robot <laughs> season four trailer is out, and the final season drops on October sixth. All right, I gave up on it a couple seasons back. I know. I'm still watching it. I'm going to I'm going to see this one through. I was actually thinking about going back and just binging one through three. Right. And then I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like, no, I have better things to do I with really my life. I do have a lot better <laughs> things to do. I've been I've been diving into uh, Masterclass at night because I'm oh, like, nice. instead of watching TV for like that last hour before bed or doing anything else, I'll pop up my iPad, kick back. And I've been going through. uh Learning how to make electronic music with Dead Mouse. Right. He's not the greatest teacher in the world, I gotta say. But he's an <laughs> okay. interest he's an interesting cat, and I am getting some stuff out of it, but yeah, not the greatest teacher in the world. But it's right. it's still fun to to watch his process and watch him make a song in Ableton. And man, Ableton's pretty swank, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Ableton's a great program. I uh, I basically stopped writing music about when it became powerful enough to really do stuff with it. So I, I kind of missed out on it a little bit, but uh, maybe someday when I've got some time and my kids in college, I'll spin it back up and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty amazing though. Just, to, you know, you can tell that he's been doing this for a long time because he's like, mm. he's like me and logic when I'm editing. Yeah. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. And you can't, it's, it's almost impossible to follow, follow along. Yeah. yeah. That's why he's not a great teacher. <laughs> it's like, slow it down, bro. Slow it down. library i've got two books this week brian all right i broke the rule that's okay i know we we <laughs> we make these rules for a reason and uh, uh the first book i have is all those explosions were someone else's fault by james allen gardner this is a kind of a parallel world story sorta okay it's in a, it's on an earth that has basically magic and superheroes Okay. So you've got Darklings and Sparks. It's Harry Potter and Superman. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and it's very funny. It's extremely funny, very well written, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. So right. as soon as I was done, I found out, oh, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Second one's called They Promised Me the Gun Wasn't Loaded. And this one, it comes from a point of view, because it's about, the main thing is it's about four people who get their superpowers, like, right at the beginning of the book. And it's, like, mm -hmm. four girls who live together in college in Canada. And uh, 
It takes. I think it takes place in. Uh, I had a dream like that once. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, were you see, watching a lot of cosplay before we went to bed or something? Uh, cosplay and Strange Brew. There you go. Yeah. And so the first book takes, you know, is from the point of view of one of the girls, and the second book is from the point of view of another one of the girls. And it's got the same on Audible. It's got the same narrator, which is really nice. And mm-hmm. um, for being written by a guy, it's very surprisingly, you know, well done. I, I would have think this would have been written by a woman, but it's not. Um, huh? But it's I love these books. They are just awesome. You know, they're perfect popcorn books. So I highly recommend them when you want something that is kind of sci fi, kind of fantasy, but also really funny. I OK. Yeah. This is like if Brandon Sanderson had a sense of humor. I, that sounds great to me. I might actually have to give this one a go. Oh, then. I highly, I, you're going to love it. I think you're really okay. going to love it. Excellent. Well, it may look like I did. I broke the rule as well because I just finished Eternity by Greg Bear, but technically I did read a book in between it. I just didn't think anybody would give a shit about childcare books oh. because <laughs> there's a lot going on in my little kid's brain right now. So yeah. the wife and I are trying to, to figure out what's going on. So I read a childcare book and then went in to read Eternity by Greg Bear, which is technically book two of the Eon series, but they make it book three because after he wrote this one, he wrote a prequel, so that'll be up next. Uh, I enjoyed Eternity, uh, book two, uh, not as much as I enjoyed book one, but uh, it was still good. It's a good universe. I'm glad I've gone back to revisit it and and read the continuations of them, but it's no, it's not, it's never going to be top tier sci-fi. It's no foundation. It's no Dune, but uh, it's good. It's good. What's the basic premise? Uh, the basic premise it <laughs> gets a little complicated, but uh, humanity has moved on and moves into a hollowed-out asteroid and creates this thing called the Way, which is an infinity-long thing, and they can open up a open up portals to other worlds and universes, but then somehow gets thrown back in time to right before they built the thing on Earth, and it gets really complicated. But it's quite good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now uh... it's high. It's hard sci-fi. So okay, it's, good. it's a lot, a lot of physics and craziness like that. So it's really good. Really interesting. Excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little story about face it, a memoir by Debbie Harry. Yes. So there's a lot of, lot of news about this going on right now. <laughs> um, yep. somebody made a boo-boo. Somebody made a boo-boo. Uh, so I was going to buy this over the weekend because uh, the Kindle version was 1499 and the hardcover was 30 bucks, 2999. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll just pick it up on Kindle and I'll get it tomorrow because I just didn't feel like doing it from where I was at because um, I was on my phone and you have to go to the browser and do all this stuff because it's a, a you know an electronic book that you can't buy on the freaking Amazon through the app. app. Yeah, <laughs> thank it's you. The Apple. dumbest thing ever. It's Apple. It's all because of Apple. Yep. So uh, even though you know uh, Amazon did find a workaround for the Audible app because now you can actually buy books in the Audible app if you have credits already, because technically you already paid for it. That was their workaround, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't have right. Kindle credits yet. Uh, so yeah, I'm like, okay, 1499. So Monday reload the page. Kindle version has jumped to 2599 and the hardcover dropped to 2567. What the fuck? That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of people who are very irked about this. Uh, me and my roommate for starters, cause we were both going to buy it. Uh, nope, mm-hmm. not going to buy it now. But then I start to read the reviews on Amazon, which are coming in right now, and they are scathing. 
Yes, apparently uh, it's not good. No, the it's, Kindle version is uh, is useless. Yeah, it says this is not readable in Kindle version at all. It's formatted to read landscape, and you can't adjust it to read vertical, nor can you adjust the font sizing. The way it's provided, the <laughs> font is incredibly small. Plus, there are dozens of photographs in the book also, which really are meant to be viewed in color. Well, whatever on that one. But the fact that you cannot change the orientation or the font size kind of defeats the purpose of it being on a Kindle. I didn't even know you could do that. I thought Kindle had standard that you had to fit into that all, all of that stuff was adjustable. That's crazy. Apparently not. Apparently there are ways to lock it down, and they did, or they hmm. provided it in a non-standard format, something that, right. uh, yeah, a lot of people are complaining about this. And also the fact that the price is so damn high. Yeah, there's, there's no reason that a, a, an ebook should cost the same as a hardcover, or even close to. Here's the thing. All the press, all the press recently about this book, uh, I think they just got yep, greedy and, and jumped, jumped it up. up. I checked it this morning and it's still at twenty five ninety nine for the Kindle yep. version. I want to read it too, but I'm not paying that for it. And I'm certainly not going to pay for uh, something I can't modify and read. Exactly. Because I got to change the font size all the mm-hmm. time, depending on, you know, what, time of day even. Like in the morning, I can read smaller fonts, but in the evening, I need that thing giant. Yep. <laughs> so Being old is awesome. Oh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So hopefully by, you know, in the next week or so, I'll be able to read it if they knock the price down. Um, I'm not going to go to Sweden for it. I want to pay for it. So, yeah, me too. I, I really want to read it, but I'm definitely going to wait until they get this all sorted. Yeah, seriously. Come on, Amazon. Moron of the week. Well, I guess this is a bit of follow up for you, Jason, because at one point in time you did uh, test out the auto blow. Ah, the Auto Blow 2. Yes, the Auto Blow 2. Well, they've got a new version out now. The Auto Blow AI. Yeah. A sex toy <laughs> that promises, and this is in quotes, surprise. Now, I'm not sure how much surprise one wants when getting a blowjob. Surprise can go many different ways and mean many different things. But there you go. So uh, what I particularly liked about this review is this could have come straight from us, at least this first paragraph. The phrase artificial intelligence conjures all sorts of ideas about a synthetic consciousness that knows us better than we know ourselves. But it's more often hollowly used as a buzzword, providing a little excitement to systems that just identify patterns. This pattern yep. recognition has been apparently harnessed by the Autoblow AI, a device that claims to use AI to offer users the perfect blowjob. <laughs> Uh, they've somehow managed to receive more than half a million U.S. dollars in backing, and the first units are now making their way to backers. Yeah, apparently it's unique enough that they've patented the internal workings and received plenty of coverage in the press before the device is even launched. Viewers would mark by dragging the mouse up and down a digital phallus the rhythm of the action on screen. Wondering why you just don't do it yourself. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. I, I think this they may have put this out of order because in a making of documentary made by the company, we see the system was trained mostly by, by people. people. A group of people in Serbia were tasked with watching hours of clips on Pornhub while running a custom browser plugin. Controlled with a mouse, the viewers would drag the mouse up and down a digital phallus, the rhythm of the action on screen. The data was fed into a deep learning algorithm to create a series of programs that match the most commonly used oral sex patterns. If they're the most commonly used, there's not much room for a surprise now, is there? No, there's no surprise, really. So there's nine pre-programmed patterns reportedly created by analyzing all the data from the movies. And you can get this wonderful thing for $259. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I definitely won't be buying Patreon. this Patreon.com slash GOG. Jason needs a, no, Jason no, needs a new no. set of shoes. <laughs> no. You know how hard... I, 
I was living with friend of the show MXV when I had this thing and I, I, we had a garage sale and I so wanted to put it out oh, on the table awesome. to see if anybody would buy it, but he would not let me do it. <laughs> his, his uh, fiance was helping out with the garage sale and her kids. So <laughs> it was, uh, it definitely would have been inappropriate. I think it would have been funny as hell because I had to put a camera on it to watch people's reaction. But <laughs> yeah, eventually had to like, you know, wrap it in three layers of plastic and put it at the bottom of the garbage can so no <laughs> nobody found it while our garbage cans were outside. But yeah, I sold the guy that owns this company a domain. I sold him twatbot.com. Well, was, can't wait for that one to come out. Yeah, he never did anything with it, but uh, <laughs> hey, I made five grand on it and he gave me a free auto blow too to try out. So there you go. Excellent. And I put this one in just because I know we have a couple listeners that are hardcore Giants fans. And uh, when things were well for the Giants and not great for the Dodgers, they gave me shit. So I'm uh, returning the favor. The Giants accidentally give free car to Dodgers fan on Fan Appreciation Day at Oracle Park. Yes, they did not have a picture-perfect season, and they and they are missing the postseason for their third straight year. But as a thank you to their supporters, the Giants had Fan Appreciation Night on Sunday against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's a great idea in theory, but there was one problem. The car that they gave away, the big giveaway, the Toyota RAV4, ended up being won by a Dodgers fan wearing a Dodgers shirt. Really, though, it's kind of a perfect ending to an already disappointing season for the Giants. Now one Dodgers fan is quite literally driving into the postseason. (laughs) <laughs> also, we beat them nine to zero to end their season. So, <laughs> feedback loop. Sadly, over at Patreon, we have no new subscribers this time. But we have a note from Project Princess. I found you guys about three years ago while searching for podcasts that I can listen to on the way to and from work. I really enjoy learning while I'm laughing on a dreadfully long commute. I have 20 years of IT software and infrastructure program manager experience, hence the Project Princess handle. Well, I was promoted. And have been moving into the security, compliance, and risk space over the last seven years. What a ride. Listening to you, I've formulated my exit strategy from big business and have started to take action. Love, love, love your podcast. Even though I may not agree with your political views, I enjoy hearing the other side of the story. Thank you both and today for taking the time to make my commute a little easier to manage. Keep up the grump. Well, thank you, Project Princess. Thank you. And I just want to point out she actually is a new Patreon subscriber. Ah, so thank you. Excellent. Okay, so we got one. Woo! We got one. And over at PayPal, we have Scott, Jorge, Steve, and then the biblical Michael, Simon, and Peter <laughs> in a row. And Peter says, sending a hello from Sweden. Love the show and appreciate you making me smile and shake my head all at once. Stay grumpy. Thank you. Over at Twitter, fourth in command writes in, I'm most intrigued about what an upside down O looks like. I bet he's got some app that's tracking his location history. I checked there first. And he sent us an article from Sky.com. Teens course a missing for a week after he parked in a hurry. This is about a kid who lost his car after going to a music festival and hopped in a taxi and can't find it after a week. It's a fairly fun read, but he does give the license plate number and says that there's a sticker on the back of the car with an upside down O. So, yeah, not really sure what the upside down O is. (laughs) Me either. Uh, I always drop a pin in Google Maps when I park somewhere like Dodger Stadium that's gigantic and it's difficult to find your car. So that's easy enough to do. Kiddo. Yeah, my car has has it built in, basically, so I just launch the app right. and it tells me where it's parked, and I can start it and cool it down or warm it up while I'm hiking back to hiking back to find it. It's kind of <laughs> nice. Fourth in command continues, just how stupid can Facebook be? It was an infographic, for God's sakes. And this is a link back over at Sky. Facebook bans charity breast cancer awareness video over nudity. This is so ridiculous, it is beyond belief. Yeah, it's a plastic model. I mean, it's realistic looking. 
Uh, you know, get that and your auto blow too, and you're off to the races. <laughs> to the right? races. But most of the video is, is literally an infographic about how to check for yep. breast cancer. It is a cartoon. Yes. <sighs> yes, very dumb. So Facebook inst- reinstated it and said, sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> yep. And third in command writes in third. Okay, first off, fourth in command and third in command, same person, right? I don't know. Got it. I, Who I, knows? I, I, do you guys know each other? inquiring minds want to know anyways third in command writes in control plus v and just leave your money at the door okay and this is a link from the register youtuber charged loads of fans 199 dollars for shoddy machine learning course that copy pasted other people's github code Uh. yes uh here we go so (laughs) thousands flock to an online course titled make money with machine learning fronted by siraj ravel and here we go and this is why you never would have gotten my money a self-proclaimed ai educator rapper and entertainer with nearly 700,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. $200 course. <laughs> he got 1,200 people to sign up, which is a nice yep. chunk of change. It's over $200,000. Well, the funny thing is he, he said he was capping it at 500 people per course, but what he did is he opened up multiple Slack, Slack channels, so they didn't know that there was more than 500 people. Yeah, then he moved to Discord <laughs> because he can't keep the... because he didn't want to pay for Slack. So then yep. he moved to Discord, and then he wrote a bot that basically deleted any messages that had the word refund in it. (laughs) Yeah. So he should have, his course should have just been scripting discord for, you know, for fun and profit instead of AI. And Jose writes, and turns out there are women named Fred and we have a link to Fred Butler. who is a, uh, who's a designer. So there you go. Well, let's, I'd like to see the birth certificate on that one, but uh, go ahead. The next comment you might as well do as well, because it proves you're right. Of course, Ray writes in regarding women named Fred, <laughs> the Social Security Administration provides a data set of baby first names by year. From 1880 to 1982, there have been at least five baby girls each year named Fred. It peaked in 1928 with 64 females being named Fred before tapering off and then having a resurgence in 1984 with 14. Note that this data is taken from Social Security records, so it should reflect the individual's legal given name. Boom! All right, I give it to you. There are some women named Fred. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Bonut, or let me make that Bonut 2443640 with zero followers tweets <laughs> Is there a way to donate directly to Jason? That Brian guy is the worst. Ruins the podcast. Okay. So I, I like how this is the same Bonut that uh, gave. Gave us the rating of it's a great podcast, except for Brian. He's an arrogant asshole. <laughs> Could be. So somebody out there does not like me and is going out of his way to troll me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that you had to like actually point out that they had zero followers. Well, you know, it's the whole same thing. Like ever since, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they changed the egg symbol, but he's an egg symbol too. Like you don't take those comments seriously. Oh, exactly. Yep. Rob writes in dog traffic control system. That's a great idea that I want in my neighborhood. Yeah, me too, Rob. Me too. Yep. Moz6502 writes in, hope your computer woes resolved quickly. They reasonably did. We switched from Macs to Surface a while ago. I still miss Omni software and a few niceties, but our keyboards don't go to shit and we save so much money. We may go to cheap Kindle fires at some point, but we will stick with iPhones. Speaking of Amazon, I'm so glad their phone was a failure. They sure learned from that and they're trying so much stuff. Interesting time for experimentation. I wonder about the support for products once they lose interest. What about the support for products even when they have interest? Not so good. (laughs) Not so good. (laughs) Karthik writes in, spending my Saturday listening to the best guys in the biz, the podcast that tell us all what's happening on the interwebs. And he's talking about uh, episode 380. I also have an iPhone 8 and have the same trouble with cell slash modem data with iOS 13. It's annoying, but I hope the 13.1.2 will fix it. Well, it seems to have. Eh, 
seems to have so so far martin writes in about the amazon gadgets being able to recognize pantry items for the blind check out the app be my eyes real pros real positive use of tech although this involves humans guess you can call it ai then <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah I, the link for that's in the show notes it's actually really cool because what mm -hmm. it is i take a yeah look at yeah it. so the blind or semi-blind person will actually start a video chat with someone who is sighted and you know point the camera at something that they need identified and the person on the other end of the line will help them identify what it is and walk them through stuff so it's you're basically a seeing eye phone for them which is pretty yep. cool Nate 1.0 writes in, did you find young gentlemen have to resync your Apple watches with your phones after updating to the new watch OS? The wife and I both had to because the notifications weren't going to our watches. Just curious if this was an isolated incident or what? Uh, I didn't. It seemed to keep working just fine for me. You, Brian? Uh, didn't happen to me, although I did notice that a lot more notifications were coming through than had before, so I had to go in and make some uh, changes. But uh, no, that didn't happen. But hey, guess what? I woke up this morning to see that there's a new iOS update for the watch, so we'll see. Okay. Oh, that we'll see what happens when I do it overnight tonight. Don't forget, yeah, Jason, turn, turn off, off Bluetooth. Turn off, turn off Bluetooth. So you start it first, right? You have to start it, then turn off Bluetooth after it starts. Exactly. On the phone. Yes. Okay. On the phone. Got it. Yeah. I'm going to try it. Uh, I will report okay. back next week. And over at GOG.show, James writes in, I don't think you talk about Uber enough. Sounds like things are going just fine there from this story. And this is over at the Washington Post. Inside the new Uber, weak coffee, vanishing perks, and self-deflating morale. Fast deflating morale, yeah. actually. Oh, sorry. Fast deflating morale. My bad. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know. Oh, the yeah, self-deflating morale well over there. is pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's about the same thing. Yeah, self-driving cars <laughs> and self-deflating morale. Yep. So, uh, the, yeah, stock stock units are down. People aren't happy. Layoffs everywhere. They don't even get good coffee anymore. Blah, blah, blah. It's not going well. Uh, Uber is turning into an operations company, not a product slash tech company, said one former senior employee who declined to be named publicly, citing a separation agreement with the company. So there you go. Grumpy Sean writes in, recently my father moved into a new house. While updating appliances and such before moving, he decided to head down to the local power company to pick up a few Google Nest thermostats for the house. The power company was offering these devices at a large discount. However, there's a catch. You need to allow the power company access to your heating and cooling data, as well as control of your Nest in power surges. Meaning up to four times a year, the power company can manually increase or decrease the temperature in your house without consent. You can change it back almost immediately, however, they still have access to all your data. With his house becoming ever so smart, his Samsung washer and dryer even give notifications to his phone, and Samsung TV when the cycles are finished, what other access required devices do you think we'll see in the future? P.S. Deliveroo! Uh, all of them. Pretty much. Every every single device is going to be offered at discounts in, in exchange for the data. And I, I, that's what I was screaming about last show with Dave Bittner. I, I loathe the idea of, of third-party companies having access to anything that I've purchased. It's mine. I bought it. No. Well, the point here is they get a discount. So you, yeah, you get uh, a discount. So don't, don't go for the discount. Yeah, I got my Nest for free from the city of Los Angeles, and they didn't require me to give them any access to data or let them change any, you know, settings on me, which is odd. You, you generally yeah. don't get things for free from anybody, but I got to say, I like my Nest. It's really nice to be able to sit in bed in the morning and just, you know, heat up the house without getting <laughs> out of bed. Well, yeah. I also have an eight sleep, so my bed's heated up. I get to heat up the house. I've got... 
I, I'm, I'm getting apps for everything. Oh, so the bed. I'm guessing the bed would be one of those that uh, have access yep. required, you know, from your insurance mm -hmm. company. I don't know. There's so many things that this can go into. I mean, Jesus, Amazon has microwaves now and clocks. Right. All right. And Greg wrote in a basically a book. So I'm just going to paraphrase some of this stuff here. Dear Grumps, I was disappointed to hear you jumping on the bandwagon of disparaging radiologists in your show of September 25th, 2019. Was not aware that there was a wagon to be banded onto. But I guess there is out there. I'm a radiologist with an undergrad degree in computer science. I've been following the AI revolution for decades now and hearing about the coming apocalypse for my subspecialty for over 10 years, which I'm sure will not materialize in my lifetime. I was particularly disappointed and confused because of your usual stance on AI, which I agree with, calling out the emperor with no clothes. It is in part why I like and listen to your show religiously. In the first part of the same podcast, you ridiculed the overhyped promise of machine learning as usual and proper, but then you said multiple times that radiologists are doomed because image recognition algorithms will soon replace our jobs and that anyone contemplating a career in this field should switch immediately. So this comes back from a lot of people that I've heard in the quote-unquote AI sphere, but also in the medical realm talking about that mm -hmm. it's getting so good that it's not yep. here's the thing it's not going to get worse it's only going to get better so they're saying that you know by the time someone graduates it's going to be you know you don't want to be in that field because it is going to be mostly replaced by machine learning to get most of the data from the the yep. x-rays now I don't think we were telling anybody to switch their careers immediately. I think the point being, like, say, if my son were 18 right now, I would suggest that perhaps he pick a different major because by the time you're not going to have a 40 year career doing this. Right. Right. And here's one thing that I was thinking about on the I was I read this before I went on the dog walk this morning and we're training all these AIs with, you know, our human knowledge. So yep. in a couple generations we're going to just have the AI knowledge and we're going to start lacking the human knowledge. So what happens if, you know, we lose the AI knowledge, like say that there's, you know, some kind of catastrophe and we lose all the hard drives and we've got to start from scratch. Yep. You know? And we're yeah. Scared. Yeah. So I think that in a couple of generations, this might not be good for the race in general because, you know, we're just losing all. Yeah. We're outsourcing all of yeah, our knowledge. You know, we're losing all that institutional knowledge that we've spent, you know, hundreds mm -hmm. of years accumulating and we're just going to trust the computers with it. And I just thought of that and I'm just like, yeah, this might not be a good idea because. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the, the best possible thing would be a two pronged approach, right? Like we, we train up our AIs, but we still have some radiologists and some people still continue to go into that field and you still have the human aspect that's in there. But I just don't think that we'll need as many radiologists as we currently have. A lot of it's, you know, there's going to be one, one human overseeing a bunch of AIs in theory until they flip that and we all die. But you also need to, yeah, you have to factor in edge cases because I think that's what he talks about mm -hmm. later on is like, you yeah. know, there are doctors that have seen tens of thousands of patients and they know from their interactions with these patients certain things that are like that a, a machine can't actually tell you. It's like, OK, you've right. done this part in your life way back when. So this is going to have a follow on effect down the line. And this is what we're seeing because we've seen it before and we've learned this and it, that's not programmed into the AI. You know, it's like the old country yep. doctor thing it's like he's seen so many patients he can you know look at you and tell you what sex yep. the kid is going to be just from the knowledge that he's had just from where your belly is hanging yep exactly and things like that so <laughs> i i can see his point but i yep. i'm telling you though the things aren't going to get worse and the the studies no. that i've read where they put up 
the machine learning against actual radiologists and the, the machine learning outperforms or performs just as well as the radiologist radiologists means that it's going to get to a point of inflection where you're just not going to want to have that job because there's not going to be that many jobs to be had. That's, that's the point that I was making. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Jorge writes in short time listener from episode one to three seventy nine in three months. Wow. I think uh, this man <laughs> deserves, deserves some stickers and magnets. Get on that. Yes. Write us. Uh, I think you guys sound better when drinking during the show. Keep on grumping. <laughs> Love to, but it's nine well, in the morning. Well, if we weren't doing the show at nine in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to go back and do a few late night ones. We'll see. Phil writes in, hello, Jason and Brian. In the recent past, there have been notices of breaches into medical information repositories. Some of these repositories may even contain information about whether a person is an organ donor. The following science fiction plot seems all too plausible in this day and age. A breach repository is leaked, and it contains the health and donor status of many millions of people worldwide. Donation recipients pool bitcoins on darknet sites to have the most promisingly harvestable bodies be accidented to death in order to move themselves up or off the waiting list, as if waking up in a bathtub full of ice wasn't frightening enough. This is only a scenario to illustrate that medical information security is truly some of the most important information to secure. Yeah, that's a good little plot. You should write the book. Yeah, seriously, get on that. Mm -hmm. write, a, yep. write, a, write a short story, option it, and then we'll go pay to watch the movie, or we'll steal it from Sweden. Yep. <laughs> Sleep too little, writes in. I had to. I had to break down and donate $10 a month via PayPal because the sponsor was Tools for the Jewels. <laughs> I get it. The bills have to get paid. Just please don't resort to selling chocolate salty balls. But hell, $20 is $20, no matter where you get it from. You should offer Moron of the Week ringtones. I would pay extra for that. Keep grumping. So I sent Sleep Too Little a, uh, a copy of our drop for Moron of the Week, and now I guess his little brother has it as a ringtone. Perfect. That's fantastic. Yep. Uh, are there still like ringtone stores where you could actually sell them? I doubt it. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even think know. so. Yeah, it's too Hell, much. it's hard enough just to make a ringtone nowadays and get it on your phone. <laughs> Cameron writes in, hey guys, I think I decided what I wanted to pimp out to you guys. I bought a house about a year and a half ago, and I've been thinking about getting a security system after some incidents happened in my neighborhood. I've heard about Simply Safe. Not on this show, because they haven't advertised us with us yet, just every other podcast known to man. Uh, but a friend of mine who works for ADT said that those could easily be disabled. Obviously, he is biased, so I wonder if you could all provide some insight and research on this topic. So for Simply Safe, you need a cell phone jammer to make it stop phoning home because they're cell phone based. Uh, as far as I know, the alarm portion is still going to work. And yes, your friend at AT ADT is still selling dinosaur tech and uh, <laughs> is a little biased. Uh, I don't have a Simply Safe, but I've been looking into it, and I don't know anyone with a working setup. So if any of you listeners out there have any info for Cameron, hit us up at gog.show/contact, and we'll pass it along. Excellent. He also writes, also, I inherited a ring doorbell from the previous owners. I had the app for a while, but deleted that stupid thing since it detected every car that passed my house, even though it was on the lowest setting. But I guess according to Jason, it didn't catch someone trying to break into homes. What's worse is since I didn't have a subscription, it didn't record shit. And when I tried to view the camera at work, it would always fail to connect. So I deleted the stupid app. <laughs> yeah, delete the app. Keep the ring on your door because it might deter somebody. But nowadays, who the hell knows? But yeah. yeah. I ended up having to renew my subscription for my rings, unfortunately. So it was like a hundred bucks a year for as many cameras as you can eat. But <laughs> and you uh, have many of them. I, I got three rings. I got two outdoors and one doorbell. But since I got them, it's it's cheaper than buying another camera setup, and I've got it tweaked now where it won't stop recording after thirty seconds, just as the person is actually breaking into my house. Thank you very much. <laughs> so but the then, videos, the video quality still sucks. Yeah. 
And then he also continues on an unrelated note. What is your favorite episode of Darknet Diaries? The two-parter on the, the Xbox Underground hacking and bonus episode number three. Those are my favorites. There you go. And he continues again. Not sure if you guys <laughs> knew this already, but I found out that there is a way to use Facebook Messenger without having an account. Since this is the only reason I have a Facebook account, I might be able to finally delete it altogether. And he has a link to Digital Trends. Now this makes a little bit more sense because I was uh, I was like, how is so much child pornography being passed around through Facebook Messenger? Because it's tied directly into your supposedly tied to your real personality Facebook account. But if you can have Facebook Messenger without the Facebook account, makes more sense to me now. Yeah, they should close this whole. They should close that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does not seem kosher. Uh, maybe I should try it though, since I don't have a Facebook account. I can see if it actually works. Cool. I'd hit you up on Facebook Messenger, but I know you don't use it. <laughs> I, you know, it, I, I get too annoyed by the little red notifications. So if somebody actually writes me on Facebook Messenger, I'll eventually get around to looking at it. Eventually. Josh writes in, what do you guys think about the Echo frames that are coming out? I see potential, barring the privacy issues that come with them. I don't see that many privacy issues, but... Uh, not not any more than just any any Alexa. <laughs> or your phone, you know. Yeah. So uh, the price is 180 bucks. We talked about them a little bit, and but th- today I went and I signed up for the invitation. Mm-hmm. And I found this on the main page, which completely just ruins it for me. What we want you to know... Echo frames are not currently compatible with iOS smartphones. Echo frames require a compatible Android smartphone and the Alexa app for connectivity and use your existing smartphone data plan. Carrier charges may apply. Echo frames do not include prescription lenses. Battery life is optimized for everyday Alexa usage. Long periods of playback like music streaming will drain the battery more quickly. So you can't even really use them if you want to listen to something while you're jogging, which kind of silly, but... Yeah, but I, I filled out the survey and put in all my info, but I'm probably not going to get in the list because I have a iPhone. So now, there you go. when they say Echo Frames do not include prescription lenses, does that mean you can put prescription lenses in them? Yes, I could get okay. the frames, take them down to lens crafters, and they have my prescription, and then they can pop okay, lenses in them. gotcha. Not yeah. being a glass wearer, I didn't know how any of that worked. Yes. Otherwise, yes, it seemed really useless. Like, if you can't... You, 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 I don't need glasses, but I'd wear them just to have Alexa on my glasses. Well, if you want to be like, you know, the hot lab assistant, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so she has her glasses on, then she takes them off, and her hair falls down, and then she falls in love with the old professor, and there we have gotcha. Sci-fi yeah. novel, no demand. Yes. All right. Over at iTunes, we have some new iTunes ratings. A five-star rating from Steve DTNYC, who says, Funny and relevant. Listening to these guys banter back and forth about the week's tech news is like hanging out with your own geek buddies at the local bar. That's exactly how we, That's how we started this decided show. <laughs> to do this show. Uh, they're funny and crass, yet witty and always entertaining. Each one is more miserable than the other, but they always get joy in the misfortunes of major social media companies and tech conglomerates. At the end of each episode, you come away more informed than most in the world of tech and just itching to bite someone's head off from the latest global privacy breach. A must listen and keep up with the great work. Grumps, go ahead, Jason. Deliveroo! <laughs> And your Rules writes in with a five-star review. Great show. Seven out of five would recommend. <laughs> Grumpy news, interesting topics from technology to politics. Jason and Brian will keep you up to date with what's going on on the whole interwebs and more. You won't be disappointed by their great content. They always deliveroo. Everybody's <laughs> putting in the damn deliveroo. Okay. Uh, and uh, we got a five-star rating from Rob A. Ross, who's titled it GOG. And then his comment is simply, racists, no. <laughs> okay, good Which to know. Which had me scratching my head, but 
Thank you. I, thank you for the five star. We aren't. So <laughs> thank you. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five star and snarky review and keep clicking those stars in overcast. We're back in the running, working our way back to the top. Thank you guys very much. Closing shout out. And a shout out to my L.A. Dodgers, which clinched uh, the division and will probably hopefully move on to lose against the Astros in the World Series yet again. (laughs) Third time's the charm, though, right? Also, I'm very excited and I'm hoping to wrap up this podcast immediately because Bayern Munich is about to play Tottenham Hotspurs in the Champions League and I will be glued to my TV shortly. All right, well, let's put a button on this. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schellmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. If you don't like Patreon but still want to support the show, you can give a one-time or recurring donation by just going to GOG.show and clicking that PayPal button. Your support really keeps us going and we really appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 381. And there you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.